Amen. Please be seated. A very good morning, church. Those joining us online, a warm welcome to you. Just two fun facts. Earlier this morning, I shared with the ADM uh, service. This song is where my name came from. So my mom uh, gave me this song when she was worshipping in church during the month of December. And I was, uh, prob- I'm a January, I'm an April baby. Uh, so probably during December, she was thinking of a name and then well, the worship team was playing this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. She therefore gave me this name. Second fun fact is, I never sing my name <laughs> during this song. So I'll go, O Come, O Come, then I would, <laughs> blank. It's very weird, right? Can you imagine singing your own name where it actually points to Jesus? So it's very weird for me. So I never usually sing uh, my name during this song. So these two fun facts, right? So indeed, time flies. We are at the end of the year, the last month of the year. You can still remember the start of the year and how excited we were coming into our 45th church anniversary and the busyness of Christmas and Lunar New Year being so close to one another. Remember that time? Christmas ended and then Lunar New Year was just in the middle of January. It was so close and so um, tight. Really, in the blink of an eye, this is the last month of 2023. And the last two months have been a mix of emotions for me because on one hand, I'm grateful for the to God and so the people around me who have seen me through my MOT time uh, as I was ordained as an elder in the Methodist Church. Well, give, uh, thanks to my wife who seated behind. Give uh, thanks to her for being my pillar of support, trying to score some brownie points here. So tonight, dinner will be good. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, it really a uh, shock to... To me, especially when I found out that PIC is going to move, uh, give you a little bit of a fun fact or so. In within us, uh, most people, I will assume, the junior gets to move first. Right? So usually the junior moves first. So when I found out that PIC moving, can you imagine the shock? Because all of, I assume all this while that I will move first because at the end of MOT time, usually they move the juniors out to a different church for a, a more, a wider scope of exposure. So that's usually the case, but for us, I guess the circumstances are different. So even more shocking, of course, is our passing of our dear brother Joseph, a role model, someone I look up to from young. I see him done countless fatherhood of God. Um, and it's only within a recent seven, eight years, I get to work with him a bit more closer. So truly his passing was a shock um, to me. But today I just want to share with you how God has been an encouragement to me. Even pastors, we go through a low period of our lives and we too need encouragement for God. And I'd like to share with you how God has been an encouragement to me. And in so doing, God will be an encouragement to you too. Right. So let us read today's passage from the book of Psalm 119 verse 105 to 112. And let's read it together because it's a familiar Psalm. On the count of three, one, two, three. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules I'm severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually. I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Now, if, if you are familiar with the book of Psalms, Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the book of Psalms. 
In fact, it's the longest chapter in the entire Bible. It consists of 176 verses. Well, so we only read 8 verses out of the 176, right? 8 out of 176. Basically, it's an acrostic poem, which means that every section of the 8 verses that we just read begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, making it structured but poetic in nature too. So verse 1 to verse 8 begins with Aleph, verse 9 to 16, Beth, verse 17 to 24, Gimel, so on and so forth. Right? And the authorship of Psalms 119 is not explicitly mentioned within the text itself. It's anonymous. The writer's identity is not specifically identified. But traditionally, many attribute the Psalms or many of these Psalms to King David, who is known to have composed numerous psalms found throughout this book. Well, even though there are no definitive evidence within the text that links Psalms 119 directly to King David or any other specific individual, we can take heart that this book or this particular verse, verses that we have just read will speak to us in our own life. Right, so from verse 105 to 112 that we just read, the verses are under the alphabet noon, right? If you have the picture flash out, this is how the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet looks like, right? Noon, uh, not nun, but noon. 12 noon in that sense, that's how the pronunciation is. The letter noon is the symbol of faithfulness, right? In that picture right there, on your left is the elongated one and on the right is the bent um, letter. So on the left is the elongated, on the right is the bent Letter. The long one, the elongated one, is only used at the end of the word. So if there's a word and the noon alphabet is at the end of the word, you, be, you use the long elongated noon. The short one is used when it's within the word. Right? Interestingly enough, the Hebrew word for candle, right? As candle is what is over there, begins with the letter noon. Why is that interesting? It's interesting because in verse 105, the verse that we just read just now, it specifically starts with a vivid illustration of God's word as a guiding light. Right? Your word is a lamb for my feet, a light for my path. This verse truly encapsulates the essence of the psalmist's reliance on God's word for direction, illumination, and guidance. And don't we all, like the psalmist, love to have God showing us clarity, moving us in the right direction, telling us where to go in life. Wouldn't that be something that we deeply desire? Well, just like the psalmist, I believe God has some reflection, some points for us to note this morning. I'd like to offer my reflection. The first is in this imaginary of a lamb, there is action involved. Action in the, in the sense that the lamb is not a spotlight that reveals the entire path. Right? A lamb is not the spotlight that reveals the entire path, but it provides enough light for the next steps, for the immediate step to take. So God's word is not something that you hold, you stand, but it's for us to move for prompt action. It's not passive, but it's active in nature. It's like a beckoning call for us to take steps forward in faith, trusting in God's guidance. 
Well, sometimes we may feel like we need the whole path illuminated. We need to see the end goal before taking actions. Uh, if that happens, God's grace is on you, upon you. But God invites us today to trust Him with each step. As He lights the way with His Word, as He speaks to you in your life, as He lights each step forward, He's asking you, inviting you, encouraging you to take each step forward with Him. Furthermore, we are on a path. There's a path set up for you and me today. God has set out a path for us, a path for our feet to walk on. However, it doesn't promise an easy path. It's not a smooth path, a flat path, or a comfortable path to walk on. But He did promise a path where He will guide and walk with us. Truly Emmanuel, right? God with us, a light in the darkness. That is His promise to you and me. Well, furthermore, in addition, the psalmist in these few verses, eight verses specifically, tells us that the psalmist is actively pursuing God. The psalmist uses the first person, I, six times, showing that he's actively pursuing God, but he does so in a humility manner. He does so in humility. And he ends with, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever, to the end. Here the psalmist challenges us to be active for God, on one hand to be active, to put our belief in the word of God and turn it into actions by being active, but at the same time to do so in humility. Right? So to act for God but to, and to do it in humility. So a quote um, by David A. Bettner, which focuses on Jesus Christ because he is our role model. He's our prime example of what it means to be active for God and to be in humility. It says true faith is focused in and on the Lord Jesus Christ and always leads to action. True faith is focused in and on the Lord Jesus Christ and always leads to action. So maybe I give you one practical way that the, the psalmist encourages us to do, when, especially when we face an uphill path ahead. And many of us here in our lives, maybe there are many uphill paths ahead of us. It could be an uphill path ahead of us or unclear step, whether as a young person to take in your career, in your relationships, in your families, or whether it's a low moment in our lives, like a shocking news from a doctor's visit, a relationship that got broken and cut off, which you didn't expect. Well, the psalmist give us some encouragement, a practical way, as that's found in verse 107. Sami says, I am severely afflicted. Now, even the psalmist admits he's severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. So the psalmist goes further to say, not just severely afflicted, he says, the wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Right? Clearly the psalmist doesn't live a comfortable life. An easy path is severely afflicted, the wicked plot against him or her. And truly, like the psalmist, we are affected by things that are around us, many times outside of our control. Whether it's at work, family, our own lives, it's outside of control. The psalmist reminds us to keep to the word of God, keep true to him, keep close to him, 
and not get sidetracked, not get confused, not get pulled away with what is outside of our control, but to keep our focus on Him. And how can we do that? The practical way is to praise and worship. Praise and worship Him even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't feel like coming to church, for example, going for cell, hanging out with fellow believers, even when you don't feel because your day is just so bad. The psalmist encourages us to praise and worship Him. And when we do that, friends, when we do that, when we do something like that, when we praise and worship Him, we are actually humbling ourselves. We are telling God we are unable to solve this problem on our own. We need more of Him. We need to fix our attention on Him, not on our own problems, not on our own strength, but on Him. Through praise and worship, we fix our attention to Him and we humble ourselves. Some other examples, practical examples that I can think of, and I'm sure you can think of more examples um, that can help us focus and praise and worship Him in your own daily lives is to listen to Christian music at home. You can play in the background uh, through Spotify, YouTube music, Apple music, or while commuting, whether it's in the car, whether it's in the train. There are many ways you can fix your attention to God by praising and worshipping Him. So if I can bring you back to the imaginary, to stay on the path that God has given to you, to walk with Him as He likes the way, when you do that, and while doing that, transformation happens in your life. Right, as we walk in the light of God, transformation occurs. It's not really not merely about gaining knowledge or information. And that will happen when you study the Word of God, when you talk about the Word of God. Knowledge will happen. A gain of knowledge will happen. But it's about being changed from within. And the power, the Word has the power to renew our minds, to shape our characters and mold us into Christ-likeness. And I, I've seen that over my short time frame in ministry, but people has, who have dived into the Word of God, who have stick close to Him, their personality, their being has been transformed from the inside out. So it's really a transformative journey, a journey that leads us closer to God and further away from our former selves. And this is how the psalmist addressed this in verse 112. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. I just said it just now, but I want to repeat it because by the psalmist inclining his or her heart to God's word and all the way to the end by being faithful, it reminded me of what Jason Wong said, as fathers incline your heart to your children, children incline your heart to your parents, to your fathers. And when you incline your heart, your behavior change, your attitude, the words that you say change along the way. Incline your heart to God. Incline your heart to His Word. And as you do so, there will be transformation. And if I can sum up transformation into this sentence, the sentence just means keep calm and keep walking. Whatever that comes along the way of life, whatever external pressures, challenges, issues, keep calm and keep walking with God. Well, today, as just now mentioned, the worship team asks you to stand, right? To worship. And truly, we stand to worship, but we walk with Him in our daily life. We stand in all of what He has done for us, but we walk with Him in our daily life. And what does that mean? It's by being active in pursuing Him in humility. 
taking the initiative to chase after Him, to grow closer to Him, to know Him by praying and worshipping Him. And as you do so, you'll be transformed in His likeness because you are walking with Him. But to be honest and transparent with you, Pastor, walking is difficult. Walking with the Lord is never easy. In fact, the physical act, right, just by walking itself can be difficult for some, especially if it's a long walk or an uphill walk such as taking the stairs or climbing a hill or mountain. It's not easy for some, just physically walking a long distance or uphill. It requires effort, determination and perseverance. So if you walk for too long, your legs will feel tired, your legs will feel jelly and you feel tired and really you need to sit for a while to rest and recover. Right? So you can have all the effort, all the perseverance, all everything, determination, but physically you will still feel tired after a long distance. And while you feel tired, disappointed, it's the same for our spiritual life. We do also feel tired when we walk with the Lord. We feel disappointed. We see people walking past us in inverted commas because God seems to bless that person beside me. Give the person a little bit more. Feel disappointed, disheartened. Why is this person being blessed more than me? And if you are honest with ourselves, it's indeed not easy to be consistent with our walk, in our walk with God. So the walking itself with God is already not easy. What more to be consistent with our, with God? You know, today I want to encourage you and also myself to learn a little bit from our seniors ministry. If you remember our seniors ministry, we always promote our good morning walk. Remember the good morning walk? The key factor is it ends up at the hawker center. <laughs> so you remember the hawker center, you can trace back and see where the start point is. But we can learn a little bit from our good morning walk because we must learn to be humble to walk in a group. Right? When you join a group, you say, we need one another. We walk together as a group. We humble ourselves. And this African proverb that I took it off the internet, it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Does that make sense to you? Right? If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Well, Jesus himself also had a group of disciples that served with him, went around, he gathered them, and he was in a group with them. But Jesus went to the cross alone. What does that teach us? It teaches us that in our personal time with God, we need to pray, we need to spend time with Him, and that's true. That's important. Our alone time with Him. But it's also important to journey with others as we walk with Him. Right? So it's important to spend time with Him alone, like what Jesus did when He prayed. He went to a secluded place to pray. He went to the cross alone. But He also journeyed with others in His spiritual walk. How does, how does that look like today? Right? So it really looks like when you join a cell group. In a cell, you walk together, you journey together, you share your life together with others. You humble yourself and say, I can't do this alone. I need to be in a cell group, a group of fellow believers so that we can walk this journey that God has set out for you, a path that God has set out for you. So surround yourself 
with a group of believers to help you walk this journey. Take the initiative, especially this month. If it's a quieter month for you at work, would you prayerfully consider to join a cell group at the start of next year? Right, so this is my encouragement to those who are not in cell, to join a cell. For those who are in cell, continue, keep up, you know, join the cell time, join the cell meeting, and not, oh, today's a bad day, today's tired, maybe I just skip once, skip twice, and soon you'll feel like you're further and further away. But why is it important? Let me end with this story. I do hope uh, you learn the moral of the story of this thing. Can I have the picture where it's a jungle? When I was in army, I was, we had this exercise where we went to a jungle in Brunei right, to track and to navigate. So some had the compass, some hold the map, some did the calculation, so on and so forth. Group of between five to seven people. Right? While walking in the jungle, there are many small paths in front of us. But not all paths leads to the actual destination, the point that we want to go, which is actually just one tree. Uh, quite sad. One tree, then on top there will have a six-digit code, so you must reach that location to key down the six digits, so they will know that you actually reached there. Okay, so that's how it works. There are many paths, sometimes three, four paths, narrow paths in front of us, but not all paths lead to the same tree, and some paths will actually make you more lost. Okay, why I say that? Because you are already lo- we are already lost. It's just whether the path will make you more lost than where you are currently at. So what we did, right, we're quite smart about this, huh? we will send a scout. <laughs> this scout just remove the bag, just carry the rifle, go and f- scout ahead, maybe 5-10 minutes of walking, see whether the path leads to the correct um, destination that we want to get to. So we sent a, we, we, we did this a few times, but got one time, our, my, this friend of mine didn't come back for a long time, half an hour, 45 minutes. We were a little bit worried because technically you're not supposed to do that and send a scout out with just the rifle, no rations, no compass, no map, nothing. He just go. He probably had a compass back then, but I can't really remember exactly. But he couldn't find um, his bearings back to where the group was. Right? So he was really lost. So he sh- started shouting, guys, where are you? Guys, where are you? Right? We could hear his voice and we, we shouted back to tell him to come here. We are here. But the problem in the jungle is the, 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 voice, the noise bounces around. You can't pinpoint a specific direction. Whether it's 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock, or which path to take. Right? So he can't get back to us. After a long period of time of shouting, one, you know, like a shouting contest, like that, who is louder? Right? We, we heard cries, sobs. Guys, where are you? And he was crying, he was sobbing. Because night was coming. Not winter is coming, but night. <laughs> we were near night time. And night is scary because when you put your hand out there, you can't even see your head, your palm. That's how dark it is. And it will be very frightening to be stuck alone in the, in the night time in the jungle. So he was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And the funniest thing is, he was actually just right beside us. <laughs> he was just like one tree away from us. Maybe we could hear him, but we didn't know where, we didn't know where he, where he was. What am I telling you all this is, as believers, you guys have more experience than me in life. In, in life. We know that we need to go as a group. We know in, in our own circumstances, in our own physical life, we know that we need one another to journey together in life. What more your spiritual life? What more your spiritual life where we need fellows, brothers and sisters in Christ to journey with you? 
to walk this path that God has set out for you. It's not an easy path. He never promised it's easy. But He promised He will be with you. He will put people around you and walk with you. So as you prayerfully consider for those who are not in a cell, would you prayerfully consider to join one? If you are in one, would you prayerfully consider to be faithful, to be vulnerable, to share your life with one another so that we can all support each other in this journey that God has tasked us to be in, whether it's in your family, in your work, in your relationships. Would you just join me in prayer? As you spend some time, I just want to give you some moments and we've got a little bit of time today. And as the year approaches the end, to get the music team to just play some background music, just ask that you reflect the year, the year that just passed or the past 11 months. Would you prayerfully consider and reflect on how God has been so faithful in your life? Would you be thankful for how He has come to you, walk beside you, hold your hand, journey with you? Would you just say a short prayer of thanksgiving, thanking Him, Because that put a smile on his face. His children are thankful, grateful for what he has done for you. Would you also, in humility, surrender your issues to him and say, Lord, I need more of you in this. I'm unable to handle this on my own. I'm trying, I'm struggling. I'm trying to figure out a solution. Would you just invite Him into the issue right now? Will you just say, Lord, would you take over this issue? Lord, we're just so thankful for your all that you have done in our lives, your grace upon our lives. And Lord, we want to respond to you in our own way. No one knowing, no pressure from the outside. It's just between you and God. Would you just respond to Him to show that you love Him and you're just so thankful for what He has done for you? Would you just have a small conversation with Him in response to what He has done for you. Almighty and gracious Father, we come before you as your children. We are so thankful for what you have done in our lives. 
whether is it a big or small, whether is it healing to our bodies, whether is it mending a relationship that has been so broken, an issue at work, an unreasonable boss, or a difficult colleague, Lord, we ask and we thank you for your intervention over the last year. We ask that you continue to address our problem, look at it, find solution, find a way out for us, intervene because we want to invite you in to this challenge that we are facing right now. And truly, Father, your peace reign in our life. Your blessings flow to every one of my brothers and sisters here. So, Father, we surrender and we want to respond to you in our way. Lord, you see the responses in my brothers and sisters here. Lord, you honor it. You seal it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your abundant grace in our lives. May we can call you Abba Father, Papa God, Daddy God. I just want to say we love you so much. May we want to be so thankful as we approach Christmas. We thank you for sending Jesus as our mediator, our saviour into the world so that through him we are safe, we are redeemed, we are restored back into a relationship with you. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.